Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Today is Thursday, January 2nd, 2020. On this day in 1800, the body of 22-year-old Elma Sands was discovered in the Manhattan well. Elma's death captured the attention of the city and led to the first murder trial with a recorded transcript in the USA. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the discovery of Julielma Sands' body in a New York well. Let's go back to a patch of New York swampland known as Lispenard Meadow on Thursday, January 2nd, early in the morning. It was cold out, and the boy wished he was inside, where it was measurably warmer. Instead, he had been tasked with the chore of retrieving water from the well near his house. He lowered the bucket into the water, huffing in the frigid air, and willing his arms to move faster. After what seemed like an age, he successfully hauled the bucket over the rim of the well. But when he looked down, he saw that he'd pulled up more than just water from the depths. There, floating at the bucket's top, was what looked like a dead animal. Repulsed and fascinated, the boy poked at the wet and bedraggled fur. It was then that he realized it wasn't an animal at all. It was a fur muff, the kind women held in the winter. A morbid curiosity overtook the boy, and he stepped back up to the well. Holding his breath, he leaned over the side and peered into the void. It took him a few moments for his eyes to make out any shapes in the darkness, but far below him, he could just see a shape floating on the surface of the water. It was unmistakably the body of a woman. Abandoning his bucket of water, the boy rushed home to share his shocking discovery. When investigators arrived to retrieve the body, they identified it as 22-year-old Julielma Sands. It was clear the woman had been brutally beaten. Her neck was broken and her throat was covered in bruises. Water in her lungs suggested that she'd been alive when she was thrown or pushed into the well. It didn't take long for the coroner to pronounce the death a murder and for investigators to start looking for the killer. Even 200 years ago, the first suspect was the boyfriend. Julielma, known to her friends as Alma, had lived in a boarding house owned by her relative, Catherine Ring, and Catherine's husband, Elias. In July of 1799, a charismatic carpenter moved in as well. 
24-year-old Levi Weeks quickly took an interest in Alma, who was reportedly a vivacious beauty. The two spent long hours in each other's company. According to some reports, Weeks was even spending time alone with Alma in her bedroom. The sounds coming from the room and the odd hours the pair kept suggested to the other residents that the two were having an affair. In December of 1799, Elma confided in Catherine that she and Weeks were planning to elope. The wedding date, she revealed, was set for the 22nd. According to those close to her, Elma had suffered from bouts of depression and was frequently ill. However, in the days leading up to the nuptials, Elma was noticeably cheerful and optimistic. It seemed that things were looking up for her. But from here, the details of exactly what happened get a little murky. According to residents of the boarding house, Weeks was waiting by the front door for Elma to finish getting ready. The couple were overheard whispering. Catherine heard the front door open and close at 8 p.m. No one actually saw the pair leave together. Some two hours later, around 10 p.m., Levi Weeks returned to the boarding house, noticeably upset. He asked to see Elma and became frustrated when he was told she was still out. Weeks denied having left with Elma earlier and then dropped a bombshell on Catherine. He and Elma had never been engaged. When she didn't return home the next morning, Elma's family raised the alarm but struggled to motivate an apathetic police force to investigate. It wasn't until 11 days later, on January 2nd, 1800, that Elma's body was found in the Manhattan well. Following the discovery, Elma's family put her body on display outside the boarding house, where it drew a huge crowd. Public opinion quickly turned against Levi Weeks and a grand jury charged him with the murder of Elma Sands. Up next, we'll dive into the trial of Levi Weeks, who united political rivals Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr for his legal defense. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend, but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Now back to the story. The January 2nd, 1800 discovery of Elma Sands' corpse drew widespread attention. A morbid public display of her corpse had piqued people's interest, and her beauty had broken their hearts. The people demanded someone pay for her murder, namely her lover, Levi Weeks. Weeks' trial would be less a show of justice for Elma, however, and more an example of American criminal legal proceedings for centuries to come. While there were most certainly murders and criminal trials prior to 1800, it wasn't until Elma's trial that a court stenographer recorded the entire proceedings. 
It was also an unusually long trial. While most criminal proceedings were finished in just a few hours, the People versus Levi Weeks stretched on for two long days, similar to many trials today. In all, 75 witnesses would take the stand. On March 31, 1800, the trial began. Weeks had assembled an all-star team to mount his defense. Prior to this trial, defendants in criminal trials were permitted to consult with a lawyer, but did not typically hire an attorney to defend them. That all changed thanks to Levi Weeks. Weeks' brother, Ezra, was a wealthy and well-connected builder who reportedly just so happened to be owed money by several of New York's most prominent lawyers, Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr. Though bitter political rivals, the pair united to defend Weeks. Also on the team was Henry Brockholst Livingston, future Supreme Court Justice. When the term legal dream team is thrown about, it's fair to say that this trio set the standard. The first day of the trial focused on the prosecution's case against Levi Weeks. Witnesses testified to Elma's relationship with Weeks, and some reported they had seen her riding in a sleigh with two unidentified men on the night she disappeared. Perhaps, they suggested, those two men were the Weeks brothers. Day one of the trial stretched into the early hours of April 1st and was only recessed after the exhausted jury requested time to sleep. Hours later, the court reconvened for a second day of argument and the defense stepped up to bat. In what is now an all-too-familiar strategy, Weeks' defense set about questioning both the mental state and moral character of the victim. Witnesses testified that Elma had spoken of killing herself in recent months, while others declared her to be a woman of loose morals. Some even suggested that Elma had been having an affair with Elias Ring, her cousin's husband. At the end of the second long day, the jurors requested another recess. Believing that the prosecution had not sufficiently made their case, Chief Justice John Lansing Jr. denied the delay. The state's evidence had been entirely circumstantial and, the judge felt, unconvincing. He then instructed the jury that there was not enough evidence to convict. However, he stopped short of ordering an acquittal. The jury deliberated for just five minutes before returning with their verdict, not guilty. Outside the courthouse, Elma's distraught cousin shook her fist at Alexander Hamilton. Catherine loudly declared, If thee dies a natural death, I shall think there is no justice in heaven. She wasn't alone in her disgust. Though he was innocent in the eyes of the law, the people of New York still believed Levi Weeks was guilty. The jury's decision was widely criticized, and the public scrutiny proved too much for the young man to bear. He eventually left New York and settled in Mississippi, where he became a respected and successful architect and builder like his brother. In the centuries since her murder, the question has remained unanswered. Who killed Elma Sands? 
Some believe that fellow boarding house resident Richard Croucher was the most likely culprit. He left New York shortly after the trial and was later found guilty of raping a child. Before he could be sentenced for that crime, he fled to England, where he was eventually executed for strangling a woman to death. Unfortunately, the real answer may never emerge. Centuries have passed, and the world has all but forgotten the murder of Alma Sands. But like the well itself, which is still standing in a New York City basement, the legacy of the crime lives on. Were it not for the historic trial of Levi Weeks, modern criminal trials might look incredibly different. He proved that the right lawyer and the money to pay them can help you tip the scales of justice. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more information on the death of Julielma Sands and the trial of Levi Weeks, check out our episode of Unsolved Murders True Crime Stories about the Manhattan Well Mystery, which goes more in depth on this fascinating story. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Andy Waits, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Joel Callen, with writing assistance by Maggie Admire. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime.